You are listening to the Angie Chu Podcast Radio Network. I'm not sponsored, but gray matter, uh, blue light glasses are really stylish and nice, and I like them. So buy them. Um, gray matter, sponsor me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Banana Sauce Podcast, where we are recapping the Ultimatum Season 1, Episode 2. I'm going to go ahead and just say Season 1, because I feel like Netflix is going to revive this show for many more messages <laughs> in the future. And without further ado, I'm one half of this podcast, the Angie 2. On the other half of this podcast, everyone's favorite father fed your weird uncle, black truck driving, pancake eating, hot dog loving, just here for the messy white privilege beautiful girl chaos of this effing show name um papa d what's good i i admitted to papa d before we started recording because we've watched ahead a little bit i've seen through episode three papa d is on episode four and when i was watching episode two and and taking my notes i was like i'm gonna finish this but should we even keep recapping this like is there enough to recap like I can make something out of this but I don't know and then starting with like the last two minutes of this episode and then (laughs) all of episode three my mind like exploded and I am so excited for next week's recap so I want to say for anyone watching if you're lukewarm on the show keep it going because episode three is a reality tv wet dream it is insanity (laughs) But episode two still has some fun stuff as well. And some some honest conversations that need to happen, happen. As well oh, as uh, some hissy fits. Oh, yes, yes, yes. All the yes. Because what we get, we start off hot. We start oh. off coming in straight off the hot plate with my favorite drama bringer, Alexis, who is not, who, oh God, she cannot handle rejection to save her damn life. This is something that's so fucking boring to her. She has to come back and actually literally talk about this. Basically, Alexis confronts Colby to ask why he didn't you see a future with her. And Colby, hoping to just stop this squash situation, stop the drama, stop the beef, just like, I'm not attracted to you. Now, in reality, what he probably meant was, I don't make enough money for you. Let's just call it <laughs> what it is. But there's no way to say that without making her sound like a gold digger, despite the fact I did go on a rant previously on the last episode, flat out saying she is not a gold digger. She just wants someone who makes the same amount or more money than her. And the fact that she makes seven figures means she can go after guys who can make sense. She can go after that. And I'm sorry, I cannot in good faith call her a gold digger. She, I can admit that she's probably was raised in a more traditional household where the man is the breadwinner. The man makes more money, but at the same time, she was also, you know, bred to, you know, believe and take care of herself and things along that nature. You don't go and start a business yourself if you're just a gold digger looking for a husband who makes brick looking for a rich husband. No, she's bringing a million plus to the fucking table. She needs a guy to do the same thing, needs a guy to do that. And Hunter wasn't doing it. And she like, and that is the biggest obstacle for her is that's, that's what she needs. But anyway, she's beautiful. She's blonde. She's fit. And I swear she is not used to getting rejected. And I swear to God, this is how this plays out. Um, and she, and like Colby is just tells Alex, I'm not attracted to you. 
and she is just calling him rude, calling him all these things on his son. Like, I think you're kind of an asshole or a dick, even as so much as to going into his original ass, into his original girlfriend, Madeline, and like, you could do so much better than Colby. I'm just like, oh my God. Like, you talk about can't handle rejection. Like, that is what this woman is to a T. She cannot deal with rejection. She is not used to it. She just straight up goes off. I talked about this last episode too, and it carried this over. Was to this was a mortal one. wound to her. <laughs> it what this hurt her soul, her psyche, like deep down. This fucking just messed messed her up. And I'm just like, oh my god, like it's like it's one of those things where I listen to female comedians, namely one called Eliza Scher- Scherlinger. Uh, Scherzlinger? Oh, God, I can't say her last name. But she explains how men are used to rejection because we're basically door-to-door dick salesmen. And we've, <laughs> we've been brought up to just be like, because we've been brought up to understand not every chick wants dick, but you only need one. To where women are used to just being offered dick and turning it away. Uh, 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 to where when women offer up their vagina and get and they offer up their affections, not just, you know, they're like, but offer their affections and their heart, and it gets rejected without even being used. Like, it's different if, it's, it's a different kind of hurt when a guy uses you for sex, but then you catch feelings, and the guy's like, no, no, he's not even fucking you. He's not even, but like, there's no dick involved. There's literally, this dude is kind of like, no. Like, just straight up, like, I'm attracting you, and she, and he's like, no, thank you. Like, just straight up, no. And this just infuriates this woman and i'm j- i'm here for it. like this is the show now it's just how does alexis cover from this hurt to her ego to her pride to her soul and like she storms the hell away she storms off in a fit of rage that truly makes this episode worth watching at this point because she is pissed yeah, it's just like it, I I agree. You can tell she's she just doesn't know how to deal with this, and that's the main thing. Um, because mild spoiler, she will bring this up again and again and again, and in other episodes, like anytime she can have to say Colby is a jerk, he said I was unattractive, which he didn't. He said I'm not attracted to you, and those are two Thank very you. different things. Um, Thank you. Because there are plenty of attractive people that I still personally am not attracted to. But yep. he, he, it's just, she is just like, ah, and poor Alexis. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, and, my God. This woman. And this leads Colby, like, this leads Colby to then go to the bathroom and have a breakdown where he's just crying. And he's like, I miss Madeline. This is stupid. Yep. I just want to go back with Madeline. <laughs> and, you know, this, this first attempt at dating has not gone well for Colby or for Alexis, who clearly only want to be with the people they came here with. Like, they are not really down with the, this this whole concept even though they're trying to make the most of it um meanwhile nate is you know talking to april and shanique and you know mentioning how he wants kids he wants kids now which is attractive yep. to both of them because they want kids now that's two things that they have a problem with with their 
you know, original partners is no, I don't want to wait. I want the kids now. Um, and then, you know, Ray and Jake, who I don't know if this is an actual term, but I've coined the term Blitalians because there's Blirish <laughs> for Black and Irish, uh-huh. and there's Blurred for Black nerds. So right. they made a big point, episode one, of realizing that they're half Black and half Italian. So they are now Blitalians. If that's not a term, Italian. I am copywriting that term now. It's mine. Um, Damn right. But they Damn continue right. bonding. They're like giving each other the googly eyes. Um, you know, they're they're clearly steering away from Zay and April at this point and yes. falling for for each other. Um, they even admit, you know, they're both deep sleepers and they make it a point to talk about if they use the bathroom with the door open or not. And like. It wasn't specified which part of the bathroom. So I'm going to bring this to us because I, I love when I get to ask these weird questions on the podcast. So oh God. I, for me and my husband, we don't shut the door when we pee unless there's company over. Um, I've actually been Googling like, because uh, I also don't wear pants at home. Um, just throwing that out there. I've been Googling at what age should I start not walking around and my undies and actually close the door when I pee, when I have a son and there's no right answer because the really like Puritan people say from day one, like you should not be doing that. And then you get like the crazy Europeans and Australians who are like, you can just walk around naked. Who cares? So it'll be a personal choice for me, but my husband and I, we don't close the door and we pee but it's mandatory for a poop. Like it was not a discussion. And I've never lived with someone who poops with the door open, but from watching reality TV this long, I know there are people who do it. <laughs> so Papa D, what are your bathroom etiquettes? Are you an always door closed? Are you an only closed when you're peeing? Or do you just leave that shit open? Pun intended. <laughs> always door closed. Let me explain. It's actually really simple. The bathroom, my bathroom time is my time. It is my time to think and contemplate about my day. I may have to go in there only to pee, but you know what? I will sometimes sit down. One, because if I, if I feel like I haven't pooped recently, I'm just going to take that chance. But also, realistically, I'm doing it to just kind of contemplate my day. Think about what stuff's going to happen. That is my me time. So no. I am not a let's pee with the door open. Now the only diff- now the only exception to this is if I'm if I know for a fact I am in the house by my damn self. At that point, I don't care only because no one's here. So no one's walking in. No one's going to disrupt my me time unless you call me and guess what? I'm putting that ish on I'm putting I'm put, I'm, I'm not even going to answer. I'm just going to be like eh, and then just let it go to voicemail. Because at that point, it's like, no, no, this is my time. This is my time, unless it is life or death, and you need me out, and you need me somewhere in the next five minutes. No, there's nothing that cannot wait till I am through finishing my business and handling my time. Now, I've never lived with a significant other. The only person I've lived with is my is a roommate. I'm including my current one right now. But at the same time, for that reason, I pee and, I pee and poop with the door closed because I don't need him just seeing me in that vulnerable position. 
Okay, I don't I don't need that. I don't know if it's a weird pack dog thing, but yeah, like I don't need you to see me in that vulnerable position. Like, I don't need that. Like, no, not unless you're peeing right next to me for whatever reason, then it's okay. We're both vulnerable. All right. But like, no, because you're like, it is a vulnerability thing for me. Because like when you're peeing or pooping, you are literally with your pants down, you know, in some form or another. And it's like, it's like literally caught with his pants down. Like, yeah, that's a vulnerable ass position. I don't need that in my life. I'm like, no, we're not doing that. We're not, we're not being that good of friends with like the bro. Like, no, no, we're not talking while I'm peeing. We're not talking while I'm in the bathroom. You can text me. I may text you back. I don't know. It depends on the severity of the text. But otherwise, no, we're not doing this shit. Literally. Like, I'm doing my shit. Literally. You are going to leave me alone. This is my me time for 20 minutes. I'm going to poop and sit there and contemplate my damn day, life choices, and things I have to get accomplished. Yep, yeah. I, 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 need, a, I need to eventually find someone who poops with the door open and just ask their thought process. Like, I just want to know how that's comfortable, especially because then the poop isn't contained. Like with the door closed, the fan or the window just sucks away the evidence. But it's like, doesn't your house smell like poop after? <laughs> like, I no, just have, no, I have so many not. questions. I'm going to tell you right now, no, as somebody who poops with the door open when nobody's home, no, the poop stain really just stays the fact it's strong in the bathroom because it's a confined space to begin with that's just how it is but depending on the severity of the poop like when it dissipates it normally will just dissipate to the next room like that's that's as far as you can smell it you normally if you like let me if you smell it upstairs like and on, on another story on the other side of the house Somebody pooped on the floor. Like, let's just call it what it is. Some like that's what happens. Somebody pooped on the floor because water also helps. Water also helps dampen that smell. That's why some people will poop. And when they really don't want anybody to smell it that bad or smell it that much, they'll turn the shower on while they poop. Get the just get the entire bathroom filled with moisture and steam. That helps dissipate that smell. So it's one of the things like water helps, but also like water helps, but also realistically, the smell dissipates in the next room. Now, if your now if your bathroom is next to your living room, yes, everyone's gonna smell it and you gotta live with that. But realistically, if your bathroom is in a hallway somewhere, you're not gonna like and then it dissipates, it dissipates quickly enough to where nobody's really gonna smell that much. Um so, I mean, that, and as far as the thought process, I can tell you right now, the thought process is, fuck it. This is what you have to look forward to. Like, just let their partner look at them like, this is what you have to see. This is what you have to look forward to. This is what I look like pooping. Like, live in it, soak in it. You look me in the eye when I do it. You look me square in the eye. Or they just honestly don't give a fuck. They came from a, just a very open door family of like, they just don't care. Um, but either, that's pretty much the thought process in my opinion. Yeah, I can, I can see that because I, I remember it, when, when thinking of open door poopers, the biggest one I remember is uh, Real World Portland. Johnny Riley always pooped with the door open. And, and I remember it always seemed like people just stumbled upon him pooping. Like they didn't know until literally they're staring him in the eye. 
as they pass the bathroom <laughs> and they're right. like, ah! and so I, I, I guess it would make sense that they didn't smell it. Cause otherwise that whole room next to it, they'd be like, oh, there's Johnny pooping again, but they had to get close to even realize that's what he's doing. So I guess that makes sense. But yeah, uh, I, I guess for anyone listening, feel free to tweet us, you know, do you, do you pee or poop with the door open? <laughs> um, where were we? Feel free. How are we um, this? Uh, Ray and Jake. That's where we were. Okay, that's the yeah. end of what I had for them anyway. Um, Colby and Lauren bond. Uh, Colby is willing to take it easy with Lauren and, you know, help her through this decision of does she just want zero kids? Does she want a child as long as it's with someone who's going to be home more? Um, exactly. Lauren loves how Colby, you know, kind of sees the glass half full, you know, he's so caring and optimistic and she really needs that. Um, But she does warn him, you know, I only want you to pick me if you're actually interested in me and not just as a, you know, like a bandaid fix because you miss Madeline. Distraction from his girlfriend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he assures her like, no, you seem to bring out the best in me. I'd, I'd really like to spend, you know, more time with you and choose you. And she's all happy. And then we get the horny couples as I, as I, as I put them, the horny couple, which is Madeline and Randall, who were making eyes at each other from the moment they saw each other. And they just seem head over heels for each other. And like they wanted his head to the bedroom and Randall admits, you know, he can actually see himself marrying Madeline over Shanique at this point and I'm like oh this is about to get messy like some of these people in the span of a week have already caught feelings this intense and they think this luster puppy love is the real thing yeah it's really is just it really is ridiculous how quick these people are falling for each other and it's one of those things where it's like Madeline over here Madeline just wants to here's the thing I respect this, and I mean no disrespect. Madeline still wants to go through a whole phase. Like, let's just call it what it is. I feel like Madeline, if Madeline gets a whole phase, which is really just a Randall phase, she might be happy with <laughs> Colby after that. I, I feel like she just needs to get it out of her system. For real. <laughs> she can settle and down. That's And that's what it is. And that's why it's called. And here's the thing. There are so many women who are out there like, I don't want to settle. Like, guess what? It's called settling down for a reason. It doesn't mean settling for settling for a guy or anything like it means settling down as in it means choosing one person. It's not supposed to be somebody you settle on, but it is supposed to be somebody that you aspire to. It's supposed to be somebody that you settle your life down for. Not settle like settle down your standard. No, you settle your life down for them. You grow roots, you make a routine, you actually build something that's familiar with one person or multiple people if you're in a poly, a long-term polyamorous relationship. But I digress. We're just going to talk about the more traditional thing at this point. Point is, like, that is what settling down is for. It's not settling your standards and things on one person. It is, we're going to settle our life down, stop moving so fast and shaking and everything like moving and shaking and doing all these things we're gonna build a life together and we're gonna focus on each other and we're gonna build a life that supports each other each other and all of our and all the stuff we want to do 
That is what this is about. And Madeline isn't ready for that yet. And so, and I can understand that and I'm okay with it. But at the same time, again, it's one of those things where if you're not ready for this and you've gotten to the point where your boyfriend or somebody has given you an ultimatum, you need to leave. Like it just needs to be done. Because I'm going to tell you right now, for me personally, and I've said this before, I'll say it again. If it gets to the point where I'm giving you an ultimatum, realistically, it's out of pride and to be fair. That's all that shit is. Love is damn near out the window. It's so that way I can look back at this and you can look back at this and we both can say, I gave you a chance to save this. I gave you a chance to get your shit right. And so you can't tell me you didn't even give me a chance or you sprung this up suddenly. No, I gave you a legitimate chance to actually get this settled. And it's like, again, it's out of pride. It's out of more pride and duty than it is love. That's all that is. And, and realistically, your relationship's already half over because you have to rebuild the love you once had for this person because, frankly, you can't trust them yet with all the, with all the shit that they need to fix. So, like I said, when it comes to Madeline, I'm saying, honestly, and again, I mean no disrespect by this, Madeline needs to go and just get... Madeline needs to go and get through the wild horses until she until she's ready to actually get get on this stag and ride it to the sunset. At this point, Colby is the guy you. Colby is the guy you marry. Um, and it's one of those things she's got to get to that first, which means unfortunately her journey has got to get her journey has just got to go. She's got to go through some bad shit first. She's got to go through some bad relationships first before she finally decides to settle her ass down with somebody who's going to be long-term. Yep, yeah. It, it's like when you play the game Fuck, Mary Kill, and you, you pick different people for different reasons. And so for Mary versus Fuck, it's like Colby is your Mary, but you have to be ready to settle down with that Mary. And he, you can know he's in-game, but you have to get everything right before you get to that end game and madeline hasn't so far hopefully on the show she she will um but this is one of the couples i can see even if they don't walk out of this together they bump into each other like five years later like hey hey we should catch up how's life been and then all of a sudden they're married or like oh, at that point she's ready like i can see that totally happening if this does not work out for them um yes meanwhile our well your girl alexis <laughs> is super stressed about this whole situation oh my god <laughs> alexis is just straight up alexis is having a mental breakdown because alexis already admits she's not had really any connection with any of these men here and so she's pulling Hunter and Hunter is trying to comfort her and basically be like, all right, you brought us here. And this is making and this really is um, making her making him see a lot of things and exp- forcing him to answer difficult questions that he needed to consider when it comes to marriage, when it comes to things about himself and things that he wants. And I'm not mad at that. Meanwhile, Alexis is just singing from rejection because realistically, every guy in here, while here's the thing, realistically, every guy in here, while they don't think she's a gold digger, she's getting you're getting that gold digger vibe. 
And by that, I mean, it's somebody whose money is super important to her. And most of these guys, if not all of them, do not make enough money to honestly be where she wants them to be. She, because again, she is a seven figure woman. She is bringing in seven figures her damn self. And she wants somebody who makes more than her. She wants somebody else to be the breadwinner of the house. She doesn't want to be the one financially who is like the main breadwinner in the freaking house. And it's just, and that's one of those things where it's like, God, they're picking up on that and they don't even want to try. And I don't blame them for it because it's, that is a very, first, that's just a very tough person to be. It is tough to bring in seven figures on a regular basis that can't be taken away with one tweet or one misread, one misquoted tweet or something like that, or one bad interview. Um, elsewhere, Alexis can go on Netflix and act a complete and utter jest, fool, thanks to her rejection. And I guarantee six months later, she's still making seven fucking figures and nobody's questioning it. And so she's not making connection with men because every man on here is probably saying the same thing. I know money means a lot to her and they're not making enough of it. And it's not, while she's not a gold digger, they, she's giving off a big enough of a vibe like that to where it's just, it's a red flag that no guy wants to try and tackle. And so she's Hunter her and calm her down and tell her, you know, basically she's beautiful and that um, basically she, like, it's going to be okay we got came here for a reason and it is helping him address some questions that he needed to ask himself and consider for himself with their relationship. Yep. Yep. Mean, meanwhile, you know, we get, a uh, we get drunk Jake after, uh, some pretty bad truth or drink games <laughs> that Ooh. go on and it, it quickly starts to derail. So everyone's like, let's kill this and just have fun. This is our last nine original pairings. But Jake's gotten yep. drunk and April's just trying to chat and she's like, you know, how things been? And Jake just openly is like, I've met people that aren't an asshole like you. And April's, yeah. April's taken back and she's like, you know, I, I can I can be a little upfront, but I'm not mean. And Jake just goes on a rant about how their whole relationship has been what does April want? April gets what she needs right now. And there's no compromise or what Jake wants. He's just basically screaming like, you never ask what I want. You never ask what I need. And April is just like sobbing and trying to apologize. And he's like, no, because you didn't do it until now. And the bad thing is they're doing this in front of literally everyone. <laughs> like there is no get a room and talk about this. It's like, Ew. we're doing this in front of an audience. And Ew. April is just really upset. And she just wants to give him a hug. He's like, no, I don't want a hug. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. These and, people got messy and, very and, quickly. And then the only thing worse is still in front of everyone. Wow. Randall is drunkenly talking to Alexis and says that he felt pressured into marriage by Shanique. So he doesn't really care about financial security. He was just using it as a cover-up because she has expensive taste. And again, yep. everyone, including Shanique, is hearing this. So now Shanique is sobbing and all the girls are trying to comfort her. And she's just like, what the fuck? And Randall doesn't seem to realize, like, hey, she can she can hear you. She hears you saying yep. this. Like, 
this has been your big thing for like however long they've been together and you just admit you were lying because you don't want to marry her it's just like oh my god and the the night of terror ends by hunter comforting april and telling her you know if if you choose me like you know you can you can come to me at any time and i won't judge and i'll be there to listen and she's like well you're handling an april moment well you're not calling me an asshole and he's like honey i'd never call you an asshole and this is beautiful foreshadowing for what's going to happen the next day it's time to forge the couple (laughs) Murder, romance, hippies, deception, family. And best-selling author Angela Nicole Chu's romance suspense thriller series, The Bell Alm Chronicles. The Washingtons just wanted to find their missing cousin. They wound up committing a murder. Someone knows the truth and wants them dead. Check out The Bell Alm Chronicles today, wherever books are sold and on Kindle Unlimited. Are you looking for a podcast that chills the spine? Wanting weekly stories that hebe your jeebies and cause you to look over your shoulder for what lurks behind? Look no further than Creepypasta Palooza. Hosted by best-selling author Angela Nicole Chu, Creepypasta Palooza offers weekly spooky stories directly to your favorite podcast app. Available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and more. Creepypasta Palooza. It's a scary world out there. Hey there, are you searching for an awesome new reality TV podcast? Well, look no further than Bananas Toast Podcast. Join Angie and Papa D weekly as they break down the latest updates on MTV's The Challenge, along with other beloved reality TV shows like The Circle, The Ultimatum, and more. Bananas Toast Podcast, available wherever you listen to podcasts. The time has finally come for each individual to make their own decision now. And so basically you've spent three days just get trying to get to know people. And so we're just now sitting down at a table and basically how it's going to go is Nick and his wife are going to ask them, is going to just ask them individually who you pick and you will stand up and announce your pick. And then hopefully that person chooses you. And it's oh god, there's not there's no secret ballot or anything like that's my thing. It's like there's no secret. This is just straight up in your face, in front of your partner, in front of the person you came here with. And it's like what? And y'all try like for part of me is like y'all trying to get somebody stabbed, ain't you? Like yeah, for real. My, my thought of how this would work, I was surprised to see them at a table. But I'm like, okay, they're being nice. And then they let me tap back over my notes. Um, Shanique goes first so I was thinking when she stood up in my mind I quickly came to the idea that she would go to a room and write down like her one two and three and then everyone will do that and they match people up you know based on one two and three rank and hopefully no one's screwed in the end you know hopefully no one's like well none of the people you picked picked you so and, and but that would be too nice you know to do so they they have to do this out loud in front of everyone and some and and this does not go the way that anyone expected including me so you know Shanique goes first she chooses Zay um which 
Zay is happy about, but Nathan's upset because he wanted Shanique. He thought they had a good conversation, you know, about wanting kids and stuff. Um, Zay also chooses Shanique. So now they're in a trial marriage. Um, Ray is kind of side eyeing, but it doesn't matter because Jake is up next and he chooses Ray and just openly says, I can see a future with you. And so April comes out and she's like, hearing Jake say that really scares me because I want to walk out here with Jake, but I want everyone to trust this process and take these three weeks in and, you know, we can learn from ourselves in the end. And and I thought that was very mature of her because she is clearly feeling some kind of way, but she's trying to make the most of it. Um, Ray chooses Jake as well. So they're now in a trial marriage. Um, Then we get to Madeline and she chooses Randall. Of course, Randall like shoves the knife in deeper to Shanique by saying Madeline will make a great wife. (laughs) And like in front of Shanique and Madeline admits she feels like she can breathe now because she was afraid Randall wasn't going to pick her and she'd look really stupid. So now they're in a trial marriage. And then we get to the end of the episode where shit yep. starts to hit the fan and this will oh, continue God. into a complete half, like 30 minutes of next week's episode. So yep. April chooses Hunter and Nathan is so upset because he's lost Shanique and April at this point. He doesn't have any of his top two choices. He's like, this is yep. bullshit. And then your girl Alexis speaks up. And she's like, I just want to make it known that I don't want anyone else having feelings for Hunter other than me or touching him or kissing him other than me. I hate this whole thing. The purpose of this is for him and me to walk out and get married, not for him to be like hooking up with other people. You know, I want something, you know, real. And this week has reconfirmed that I only want Hunter and I'm uncomfortable even seeing I'm uncomfortable having other men just coming up and talking about their sex lives to me. It's gross. And Nick Lachey, after like a good three minutes, cuts her off. And he's like, honey, you're the one who issued an ultimatum. And you knew what you were signing up for. You convinced him to do this. And you knew going into it, there was a risk. You guys would come out of it not together. And she just is like, look, if Hunter comes out of this experience still not ready to propose, then I'm done. And there's a pause. And then Hunter stands up and says, Alexis, I want to marry you. And she just looks at him in awe and everyone's jaw drops. And then, you know, the episode ends to be continued next week with 30 minutes of chaos that will ensue. Oh my God. Okay, let's let's just let's break this down. Alexis stands up and is all about this because Alexis knows, first of all, Alexis has made no connection with any guy this fucking week. And every guy is straight up again, already been through it. Gold digger vibes, even though she's not a gold digger, basically money hungry vibes. Like that is what she gives off and that is what she, and she's not hiding that. And it's just one of the, and it's just literally one of those things where it's like, are you effing kidding me right now? Um, but so not only, so she not only has to deal with the rejection of not just Colby, Colby's just the one that's most televised, but basically the not, the, the silent rejection of every other guy 
in this house, combined with the fact Hunter is actually getting play. He's actually getting value. And she didn't shoot this ultimatum with him. But at the same time, she now knows it be if she now knows no guy here wants me, but there are women who want Hunter. So she's spinning the fuck out. Let's just get that straight. She's spinning out because she knows realistically she's not gonna find another guy here. Hunter will find another woman. It is more than realistic that Hunter can find somebody else, and she knows that. So she's spinning out and basically trying to back out of this ultimatum, which you can do when you make seven figures and your husband or your significant other only makes six. And she knows she has that power to where she can leave him and she will be fine because they're not even married yet. Um, but oh my, so that is the, that to me is the big thing that contributes to this is that she honestly is dealing with a shit ton of rejection that, that the voice of it is Colby, the face of it is Colby, but the body of it is every guy, no guy in this house truly is going to pick her. She is going to be the last one picked. She knows this because no connection was made with any guy for the reasons I've already told you. So that is why she stands up and goes on this effing rant. And is like, I want to marry Hunter. No, you don't want to marry Hunter. You just didn't find anybody. And you know for a fact Hunter's going to. Or at least you believe that for good effing reasons. Because Hunter's made decent connections throughout this week. But also just realistically, you're going to be stuck three weeks with a person who frankly didn't want you. Or you were their last choice. Hunter's going to be stuck with somebody who legitimately can give him a different life than you. And who isn't, frankly, money hungry. Let's just say it for what it is. Not a gold digger, but not money hungry. Somebody who is not going to hold into the standard of, I need you to make over seven figures, or realistically, we're not getting married. Like, that, somebody who that precursor, that is not in their precursor. They need them to make enough money to support them and their lifestyle, and so they can build a life together. They need them to hold up their end of the bargain and pay their part of the bills, which is fine. But they're not holding them to, I need seven figures. If you don't make seven figures, we are not going to get along. We are not going to get married. Frankly, we're going to fuck around a little bit. Maybe you'll meet my family because we're good enough friends. We have an emotional connection. We're not getting married. And I'm, in which case, at their age, even that's not going to last super fucking long. And so with hearing all of this is enough to basically trap Hunter and make her make him feel appreciated enough by this woman who gave him the ultimatum to begin with and literally just gets appreciated enough to where he's like, oh, I want to marry you. Which, and again, this is where this show ends. This is where this episode ends. Next week's episode is going to be stupid. Oh, just <laughs> with how much, how much shit there is. But yes, make no mistake. This would not have been ha- this this much drama would not have occurred if Alexis would have found at least one guy who legitimately wanted to connect with her, and that's the thing. No guy wanted to. Every guy sat there, listened, picked up on a cert, picked up on the vibe she was giving, and was like, "No, thank you. We're not doing this. That's too much pressure. That's too. That's just too much. Anything." She and just honestly, they know she will leave you if you don't make enough money. That's just what it is. And basically, you it's gonna it's basically damn near getting married to an auditor, getting married to the fucking IRS. 
except if you don't make enough money, they will terminate that damn contract. And it's just like, damn. But yes, um, this is, in my opinion, where Alexis is coming from. And again, I will end it with this. I will end my TED Talk with this. If Alexis would have made a connection this entire fucking three days she'd been there so far, this would not have happened. But the fact that she didn't, or at least didn't have one guy who was interested remotely in trying to just see how this was going to play out, the fact there were no takers was, is, what spurred, is what started all of this and was what made her go through all this. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I definitely agree, especially when, not to spoil what happens, but next episode, very quickly into it, we get another much worse tantrum that occurs and just derails this entire dinner. And and the root of it is similar. I, I can't say much more without spoiling it, but similar to where Alexis is coming from. And it's just someone who speaks up and it causes a lot of other people to speak up as a result. Um, but it's like, I, I get where Alexis is coming from. She's like, this is my ultimatum, but I've made no connections. I just want to be with Hunter. Hunter, are we doing this or not? And at this point, he's like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> Goes ahead and proposes um and and everyone is kind of in shock and you know some people are somewhat excited I guess um April is like what do I do now I just chose this man and he just proposed to someone else so she's kind of in limbo at this point where we leave the episode where she's like well now I have to pick someone else at this point because my pick just proposed and is no longer on the table because for a split second I was like I wonder if they still have to do this even though they're engaged now but I'll give you guys the spoiler they don't they're Alexis and Hunter remain at the dinner and get to witness the resulting chaos from next week's episode but they are no longer selectable as uh partners yeah they get to leave First and foremost, they're like this isn't some compound or anything like that. They're not holding you against your fucking will. You get to leave. Realistically, you get like there there is no reality TV show short of jail where um you don't where you just don't get to leave. Like, yeah, you're done. Great, you get to fucking leave. Like, let's call it a fucking day. So yeah, they leave. I'm gonna let you know right now. Like he proposes to her at the end of this episode. The next episode, shit gets messier, but they ultimately leave. They are done. As they should, because there's no point. Like, they literally are about to live together for three weeks, and there's no damn point. Um, <clears throat> overall, all I can think is... <coughs> excuse me. All I can think is, Alexis is what makes this show watchable for me. Just because watching her deal with just rejection just, make, just makes this so interesting. Because it's really just like, what happens when a pretty girl gets rejected? What happens when a legitimate, confident-ass woman... And that's the thing we have to remember. She's not getting rejected by one man. She's getting rejected by six. There are six guys in here who do not find her interesting and who do not don't find her interesting. There are six guys in here who realistically do not even want to attempt to try and date her. Don't want to attempt to get in her pants. Don't want to attempt to do any fucking thing. 
they don't want to even attempt to be locked in a room locked in a room with this one for three weeks, even though you're not really locked in a room. The point is, they don't even want to. They don't want to try it. She has never dealt with this before. I guarantee she has never felt this way before. Maybe she's had one or two guys, you know, back out at the last minute, maybe shook her confidence up a little bit. But realistically, she just finds she probably finds some rando, probably finds some rando, climbs up, goes for a little bit of a ride, then leaves and like, I'm back in the saddle. That guy still knocked out. I left in my I left and rolled in my Rolls Royce and went back to my mansion and I'm okay. And then just be like, yes, confidence booster. No, this is six times, six times the rejections, and there's no day, no deal, just none. So I'm just like, wow. Like, that is the thing we have to keep in mind about all this. She's facing six, six rejections. And it is, I'm sorry, five, not counting Hunter. But at the same time, that shit hurts. And for women as a whole are not used to that level of rejection. Men have built a tolerance to it. Because men will go out and hit on, seven, on 10 chicks in one night, hoping one of them says yes. Women will get hit on 10 times and may say yes to one. Like that is the difference. And that is what is being shown here. <clears throat> yeah, very, very well said. And I I need to, I'm going to have to watch episode three like twice just to break down all of this. I'm oh, sweet Jesus. so excited to, to get this, oh, uh, my God. <laughs> get this all to you guys. Episode three is about to be litty because episode three really does. Like, you thought this was messy? Bitch, you ain't seen nothing yet. Like, oh my God. This is just the teaser for episode three. This is, things could still be okay right now. They just aren't in the end. They are not. They are not. We will talk about it and we will get into it, but Jesus Christ. Like episode three is really truly what just episode three gives me the couple that I'm gonna spend 30 minutes ranting about because episode three, I'm gonna let you know right now, triggered the ever loving shit out of me. Episode three is the exact reason why I live the way I fucking live when it comes, and I'm not even, I'm not gonna say because I don't wanna say too much spoiler. It is the reason I live the way I live. And it is the one thing I will constantly bring up to every single one of my friends who are in couples and come to me for some type of relationship advice or just life advice because I don't have a lot of bullshit in my life. And so, frankly, I can, I'm usually an okay person to ask. Episode three is the fucking, is the, is the epitome of the shit that triggers me. And we will, and we will let you see it. But in the meantime, handle with them socials. So you can find me on all social media at the NG2. That's going to be your Instagram, your Twitter, your TikTok, your YouTube, your Twitch. I try to have a lot of fun on there. Um, I mentioned this on our All Stars 3 podcast as well. I have not been very active on social media the past week. Uh, my husband and my son got pretty sick, so I've been mostly dealing with them, but they are on the mend, feeling a lot better. So There'll be a lot of fun new content coming to y'all very, very shortly. But just wanted to let everyone know in case you wonder, what happened to Angie Chew? I'm still here. I'm still good. You know, I, I just needed a, a bit of a breather. <laughs> Understandable. 
You can find me on the Twitter at, at Papa D618. You can find me on the TikTok at, at the Papa D618. You can find me on the Snapchat at Papa D618. You can find me on the Instagram at, at Papa D618. You can find me on Facebook. Do not find me on Facebook. If you want to give me a follow on any social media, I do love TikToks. I love TikToks the most. That being said, I do not post on there. And I do also, I can finally understand. And I know I've been saying this and mistakenly. I know you cannot send me videos if we are not friends or if we are not following each other. I understand that fully. I'm just used to sending so many things to my friends that that is why I basically said that. So if you want to, so if you want to give me a follow and recognize the podcast, I'd be more than I'd be more than happy to accept it on Twitter. Um, if you find me on Twitter, go to TikTok and send me stuff via Twitter. And if you're going to send me videos, send me videos. I said this on our last podcast. I'll say it again. Send me videos of muscular women. Send me women. Send me women. Send me, send me one pictures of uh, videos of women out in the gym getting their gains on, flexing, doing arms. I'm a sucker for a strong arm. Um, in which case, like literally, send me for send me videos of women who are not beautiful like a regular woman, but literally woman who looks like she fights a bear in the forest. Wins. Like, fuck yeah, let's go. Let's go. She-Hulk and Lady Thor have spurned this because the great Disney, the great Mickey Mouse of House Disney has dictated muscular women, swole girls. Literally, it is your time now. It is your time now to hit the gym and just, just lift and lift <coughs> all so you can go around and hunt for nerdy, for just these nerdy Marvel fans who are just sitting here and who love watching geek content. And here's what you're going to do. You're going to roll up on them. Just roll up on them all sweet. Then offer to dance with them and just start. Just look them square in the eye. Don't break eye contact. Just, just you're literally, you're making, you're literally bending their soul to your will just from eyes alone and muscles. And then what you're going to do is while they're just, while they're just dazed by your beauty and the fact that you want to take time, spend time with them you're gonna empty out some just weird nerdy facts about she-hulk because that's your hero because she's the person that got you out got you to the gym because you know you could never look like that but at the same time that is who you that is who your idol she-hulk and wonder woman and then then when they're in the you say that they're just in the putty in your hand you're gonna take both those hands you're gonna scoop them up in those giant muscular arms you're going to take them to your hotel room at whatever weird convention you went to to hunt these nerdy men. And then you're going to throw them on your bed. You're going to mount them like a lioness. And you're going to ride that shit until the fucking sunset. You may break their fucking pelvis. And guess what? All they're going to say is, death by snoo snoo! And call it a fucking day. They will go home with a fucking story. And maybe an engagement ring. Because you may have just broke them to a point where now you will rebuild them to where you want them and they will love you forever. Amen. Peace, love, and pancakes. Bye-bye. You are listening to the Angie Chew Podcast.